Blog Talk Radio. Alright. And you know what? The longer it takes us to figure that out, the better we are. The better we are. Because we just keep working. And we just keep getting better. Alright? Day after day, we'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Alright? But you guys, I'm really free about it. You guys are one hell of a football team. Who's got it better than us? No! North Carolina ain't a damn thing fly. Bitch, I'm a niner from the earthquake country. I can make the earth shake. About to bring it back like the 89 earthquake. Throwing past on me, I'ma catch it like crab tree. Who got the kush? Cause the smoker gotta have tree. And pass the joint, cause the player gotta have mo. I spit a blunt down the middle like Frank Go. A quarterback don't bullet like Kaepernick. And take a poodle out the game like Alex Smith. Red and gold, that's the color of the realest. Staying on my toes, call me Patrick Willis. We back up in it. Cause my team winning. I'm Come back, kid. All I need is one minute. We winning like the 80s. It's a Super Bowl city. Finna take another ring home. Super Bowl city. Ain't nobody fucking with us. I got red and gold in my cup. The Wild West got the game turned up. Who got it better than us? Faithful with God's honor. Doing TD, no pick. Break for 85 yards. If he opted hella quick. New stadium, new ring. Same team. Hard since keys are 49ers. We are hating on the city, but they can't hold Quinn. I fuck the court, crap, free, and both win. Breaking records like we throwing vinyl. Staley Davis, you body the whole line go. That's the Bartolo name. The Super Bowl affiliated. Bowman and Willis, such a frame, and you gon' really hate it. We elated, not a fan. Is a fly man. Do it like the 80s and move right by the Rams. Crush the Seahawks, real life, no weak talk. Go hard on the corners, never take a weak talk. Ain't nobody fucking with us. I got red and gold in my cup. Wild West got the game turned up. Who got it better than What you heard, I'm a baby from the 80s, I was born on the turf, I go back like Garrison Hurst and be young, diamonds on my fingers, so just call me Steve Young, like Justin Smith, I go hard on the defense line, let a hater hate, I'm still gon' rip my hip, come to kick off, bet I'm gon' run it all the way home, yeah, I'm gon' red and gold, bloody, come and get it if you want it, yeah, we gon' set it off, do you like Whitner and rip your damn helmet off, I'm lucky number seven, cause your boy deliver, throwing bombs from the bay over the Mississippi River, they ain't messing with us, put the subs to the projects, do the Scott Steiner, kiss your bicep, uh, soon as we touch down, we gon' burst out, run through them like Borg, going for the first down. I got red and gold in my cup, Wild West got the game turned up, who got it better than us? Who got it better than us? What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Nana Faithful. How is everybody doing this week? Hope everyone had a blessed week. I want to thank everybody for tuning in there. So I'm sorry, a million, million apologies to y'all. Uh, my laptop took a dump on me last week. 
as I was unable to, um, and I was unable to really do anything about it in enough time to save the show, so we had to cancel the show. We got a new tablet with a brand new room. I had never been in this room at the library before, so we got a little set up. So if we got some technical difficulties right now, want to apologize to everybody. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how we're going to do everything. But we're just going to simply do last week's show this week. I got my boy Chris, host of Fifth Down Sports on KJC Radio. You know what I'm saying? He's he's going to come in. He's going to this, – this man knows his draft. He knows his college football. So we're blessed and privileged to go ahead and have him on the show this week. He was able to make time in this busy schedule for us. And, of course, we're going to take – your calls and texts as well. The number to call in is 646-668-8467. And the number to text in on the new text line is 785-3015. But before we get started, I have to remind everybody, Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at Radio at gmail.com or message me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and I'll go ahead and shoot those details down to you. So before we go ahead and bring Chris on, want to just go ahead and recap some little bit of Niner news that we got going on. The Niners, we'll go ahead and get started with, with the most recent, this literally. Happened uh, as I was logging on to Facebook. I noticed, or well, when I log on the computer, the first thing I do is go to the Niners site and, and see if there's any latest news in this dropped. This is official from the team website. The San Francisco 49ers have announced on Monday that they have released guard Zane Beatles. Zane is a consummate professional and it represented our organization with an exceptional class, said General Manager John Lynch, he is unself. He is an unselfish guy who stepped up in a major way for our team last year, and cannot thank him enough for all his contributions to the organization and our community. Zane is just the kind of football player and person we would always be open to welcoming me back down the road. But releasing him now provides some ample opportunity to find the right situation with his next team. We wish him and his family all the best as he moves forward in his career. Beatles was originally signed by with the 49ers as a free agent on March 22, 2016. Over the past two seasons, 16 and 17, he appeared in all 32 games, 21 starts, originally drafted by the Denver Broncos in the second round, uh, 2010, hasn't missed a game. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, yeah the rest of the stuff. You can go ahead and go to the Niners website. The rest of the stuff just talks about where he's from. Things like that. Um, we're going to go ahead and get. We already got a text message that we're going to go ahead and get into. Um, so, uh, da, 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 da. that's just latest headlines. We'll go ahead and close that. We've signed. Coleman Sheldon from Washington, an undrafted free agent, played in 53 career games, 46-7 starts. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll save these 
for our draft analyst. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's probably heard of these players. If not, we can go ahead and go over them a little bit. Maybe we'll say that a little bit for the podcast if we get to the podcast today. The 49ers have exercised the fifth-year option on D-lineman Eric Armstead for the 2019 season. In addition, the team has also signed seven undrafted rookie free agents, waived the following five players, Jimmy Gilbert. That was a player who got hurt last year. Boisico, Lombardo, I don't know. Dexter McCoyle, Devin Newsom, and cornerback Channing Sterbling. The 49ers originally sucked at Armstead, and then, yeah, we all know that. Uh, the undrafted rookie free agents that have signed their three year contracts are listed below. See below for detail by of these signed players. Okay, cool. So, that's awesome. We'll go ahead and we'll get a little bit in the podcast. We'll get in the podcast today for that. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and go ahead and uh, bring on Chris right now, the host of Fifth Down College Sports Show on KJC Radio. How you doing, Chris? Hey, what's going on, Niners? Good chilling, man, chilling, just living the dream, you know, California dream. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm in, I'm interested to hear hear what you what you thought of the 49ers draft. Yeah. Well, so McGlinchey. I mean, I was on air on your show when you know the pick happened with McGlinchey. To me, it makes total sense. I mean, if you're gonna give Jimmy Garoppolo what was. At the time, the richest you know contract in NFL history. Of course, it's been broken now by you know uh, Kirk Cousins and and Matt Ryan. But still, I mean, I John Lynch wanted to pick before fifty nine, and he. I'm not a fool's man to think that him and the Patriots weren't in the the, the Niners and Patriots weren't in contact contacts you know, trying to fill out what they wanted for Trent Brown or, or various teams. Maybe I'm not even going to say a fool to think it was just the Patriots either. Right. So signing no, Lynch, it definitely, it definitely, after the, the trade was announced with the Patriots, the first round pick made more sense. Of course. Um, I, I, I'll tell you, um, last week on my show, we did, is when we did draft, we did all the draft grades, and uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, they're actually up on my on my Facebook site, um, which is Fit Down Sports on Facebook. So if you want to go there, all the teams are listed there, and you just got to find the 49ers. There's a big picture of the 49ers helmet. All the picks are there, and my grades are there. But my nice. only problem with Mike McGlinchey was him being picked at nine, and I, I think. I, I, I said this in my recap that when the Raiders traded out behind them, it made me question what the 49ers could have done the same thing of traded out of that nine pick, gotten some more assets. But then you see that they traded with Arizona. You know, I don't know if Arizona would have made that trade within the division 
you got all that. So you got to take that into consideration as well. But that's the only problem I had with McGlinchey. I, I, I saw where John Lynch was going. He needed to get a lineman. McGlinchey was the best offensive lineman on the board. So I don't fault him for making that pick. I'm just wondering if he could have maneuvered back and gotten another – I mean, with him and with the guy the Raiders drafted, Colton Miller, I kind of had them both on the same level. So if they could have traded back, gotten a couple more assets, that might have been more in in their wheelhouse. I, where I worry about the 49ers and I, I worry about – what I what I looked at their draft. First off, I just want to say, when you look at grades of this draft, a in this draft, I did not think you could go wrong in the first three rounds. You know, I knew that's how I draft. That's how I rate grade my drafts. Are did you get players who will help your team in the first three in the first three rounds? Did you get players who are going to be on the field helping you within the next one, two, or you know, three years down the road, depending on the position. And in this draft, I thought there were, you could go about 100 players deep that, that would do that. So every every grade I have, I've seen some, some analyst grades where they've given teams, you know, C, C-minus grades. I don't think there was a C-minus draft in this year's draft because everybody got players that will play right away. And I think the 49ers did that. But where I have problems with them is in the second and third rounds. I really yeah. I, I get into the second and third round picks because that is where I think they made not really reaches, but they, they, they kind of they went in a different direction than I thought they were going to go. And well, um, so I just want to, to start with that. Yeah, well, to get to, to the McGlinchey, so I, it, to be a fly on, on uh, the wall at 49-49 Centennial Boulevard on draft night, because I think that the Niners, you know, swear all interviews have been McGlinchey about a week, you know, week before the draft. They decided McGlinchey's there at nine. We're taking him. No, I think realistically what they want is they wanted Roquan Smith. Chicago took Roquan Smith. The the rumor was going around a lot here in the Bay Area and a lot of, you know, columnists here in the Bay Area and everything were, were saying that the Raiders were going tackle. So I think that McGlinchey was second on the Niners draft board you know, of players to take. They figured, they figured if we don't take them, the Raiders are going to take us, take them right behind us at, at 10. How, how important that coin flip was, by the way. Um, so the, the Niners said, hey, we're going to take him at nine. Get our guy. John Lynch did say that they field, they field calls for and teams interested in trading up. And at the end of the day, they they felt getting McGlinchey at nine was was the best thing, knowing that in the back of 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 course hindsight is twenty twenty, but knowing that shit, if 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 you ask me, 
the Trent Brown being traded was all already a done deal. The only thing that was probably left is to to, to decide what team because there were I, I I've heard Denver, obviously New England was in it. So I don't have necessarily the problem with McGlinchey at nine because to me, what what this draft pick does is this is not something that, you know, like you said, we could have traded back and got more assets, maybe got another player. But I think this is not – I'm not saying he's necessarily going to have this type of career or not, but I think this is a Joe Staley pick where maybe at the end of the day, you know, maybe even short term, maybe four, five, six years, we're going to look back and we're going to say, you know what, does it really matter that we took Mike McGlinchey at nine? You know, when, when you know, we're, we're hosting that, that sixth Super Bowl parade down Market Street in San Francisco. I don't think nobody's going to give a damn that we took Mike McGlinchey at number nine. Now, to get into, I, I, I agree with you that now the Niners, the Niners have caught in heat for the Pettis pick because they've been flotting around this whole, well, hey, we, we traded our 43rd pick you know, for Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think that's a bad second round. Well, that's not a second round pick. That's a trade. So they're not going to get away with that. But to me, Pettis is a skinny, taller version of Trent Taylor. Um, I, I, I know. I, I don't know what they were looking at for Dante Pettis. When I look at Dante Pettis. He is a a collegiate Devin Hester. That's pretty much what you're looking at. Out of he, he's going to be a return guy. That's yeah. yeah. That he, you're not going to get much out of him in the pass game unless it's it's screens, it's you know little little shuffle passes that uh, swing passes Didn't that you get him in. Yeah, that's exactly. what Dante Pettis is. So I question that that is a big question to me taking him in the second round. Especially when there were other if you were the 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 question that I would have to ask John Lynch is is this guy just a return guy or did you take him to be part of the offense? Cuz if you took this, him to this, be part this, of the this. offense there were plenty more wide receivers on the board at that spot. That could help you right away. If this guy is Devin Hester, because you're looking at a guy who set the NCAA record for punt returns for touchdowns. Yeah, that's you know that is that is what that that's what he does. And we saw what the Bears did with Devin Hester. Devin Hester pretty much got them to a Super Bowl, and would have been MVP of the Bears Super Bowl had they been able to beat uh, been able to beat Peyton Manning and the Colts. But that being said, in the sec in the second round at that point, you got a kick returner. Like, what is the plan for Dante Pettis? That's what I would like to know from John Lynch. But in in my book, he's just he's just going to be a return guy. But if he does have a Devin Hester type career. He can change the game from that point. So well, see, you have to weigh it 
on on where he was, but I, I thought they, they probably could have got him in the third. And he probably would have slid to the third round had had they not taken him there, because I don't see anybody else drafting him. Everybody else had him just as a kick returner. So yeah, I mean I, I agree that you know um, because to essentially now. What makes this, I think, what makes this less of a, oh, my God, what is he doing moment is that um, that we had three third-rounders. So, to, so, essentially what happened is we traded our swap second rounds with Washington and then gave them our, our, uh, the Bears' third-round pick that they gave us last year in the, in the um, Solomon Thomas or – you know, uh, Mike Trubisky, however you want to look at it, Trey. So, to me, when, when I saw this, I thought, okay, this is this is this is going to be something. You know, because because you're trading up from 59 to 44, we're we're giving up a third rounder. So, okay, fine. And then when I saw Dante Pettis, who I agree uh, – Kyle Shanahan did say that they're going to try him in the slot. They're going to try him outside. I don't see him getting – at 186 pounds, he's going to – I think he's going to get manhandled at the line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah. So – His receiving his receiving is going to be off the ball. He, there's no way he – there's no way he lines up on, on the line of scrimmage. He's going to be yeah, lined up yeah. in the back – not in the backfield, but, you know – it, since we're talking football strategy, he's going to be that slot receiver off the line of scrimmage so that you can't get hands on him right away. But they're going to chuck him down the field. And so, to me, I, I have no problem with drafting Dante Pettis as, as drafting him. I have an issue maybe with taking him in the second round, but if because to me, watching all the interactions and the press conferences with Kyle Shanahan, who to me I think has a great talent of being able to explain football and explain why this is necessary and every without giving away you know trade secrets. So I think the way that unless we get like a Julio Jones type of receiver. You know that that that's okay. Yeah, that's the guy. I think uh, uh, that Kyle Shanahan plan, kind of plans to have our uh, a receiver by committee, or or a lot of things by committee type of things. Like hey, and so the, the only thing he came out is they're pretty much thinking that he's going to be a kick returner this year. Probably spend a year getting bigger, maybe two years getting bigger. You know, whatever. And and you know in the future, see what he holds as, you know, if, if, if anything from the, um, from offense, personally, if he can give us what the Niners haven't had since realistically Ted Ginn, if you really want to go superstar status with the Niners haven't had since John Taylor is a legit, or maybe even Dion, if, you know, the, the few times he took kicks in 94, or punts in 94. If he can give us a legit change the game type of kick returner, 
And, you know, he goes off for the NFC Championship game for, you know, to bust open the game type of um, return. I don't think anybody's going to give a damn. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, the player I was mostly interested from essentially the first three rounds since we're, we're going there is what do you think about Fred Warner? That was Which another our, our that, was another, that was another questionable um, pick that I had on that. Fred Warner, a, a, a linebacker from BYU. A, a, yeah. Again, you got a guy who I, I think you could plug in at outside linebacker. I don't, I don't think he's big enough to play inside. But no. again, again, looking on the board, when you look on the on the board of of what was left. That that's why that's where I just question what the 49ers did and and question a lot of things. I mean, Fred Warner, I I, I had I didn't even have him in my top ten linebackers. If you're looking at outside and inside, if you're looking okay. even at even at just guys who are straight linebackers, and you look at guys who got drafted after him, Josie Jewell, Micah Kaiser, Malik Jefferson, these were guys who were still on the board. When they took when they took Fred Warner, so these are guys, those are guys that I had rated a little rated a lot higher than Warner, and and you can see that because they all went pretty much the next linebackers off the board. Malik yeah. Jefferson, linebacker taken after Fred Warner, so that's another one where I question. I don't question the position they picked. I question the player that they got and it, it just didn't line up with what I, what I was seeing and what I've been watching. Um, and then when you go back and look at film again, again, he's another guy like a Dante, like Dante Pettis, where I, I don't really see a fit for him in the 49ers defense right away. Now, can he build up into somebody yet? Yeah. Absolutely. Anybody, anybody knows anybody in the draft can become a star given a chance. And, 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 but at at the same time, I've, the other guys that I mentioned, I've seen it on tape. I can, I can tell you, I can tell you, go watch Josie Jewell play against in his game against Penn state. And you'll see an NFL linebacker. Go see Malik Jefferson when they played uh, USC, you can see an NFL linebacker. When I watch Fred Warner's tape, it doesn't jump off the screen. It doesn't jump off. It doesn't jump off. You don't sit there and go, "All right, this guy, this guy's gonna be an impact talent." So he's got some work to do, and he can't. I, I think he's gonna be more of an outside linebacker and more of a more of a nickel linebacker than he is gonna be an every down inside backer. And he's and just to put it in a 49er, he's not going to be a Navarro Bowman of, of Patrick yeah, Willis no. kind of linebacker. No. He's going to be a package linebacker. He's going to have yeah, to be put yeah. in spot, in space where he can play in space and not have guys on him every time. He's going to have to work on shedding off blocks and, yeah. getting, and getting to the running back to make tackles because that's what a linebacker needs to do. But – that's where I see him playing. I see him more of a nickel linebacker, maybe maybe an outside playing in the flat. He's not going to be a guy that's going to rush the passer. He's not going to be a guy that's going to stick the running game. He's going to be a guy that plays in space, 
and occupies his area. To, to me, I, I agree with, 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 with everything that you're saying. You say nickel, I just say sub. But, yeah, basically, I see essentially a – I want to say overkill, but to me, if you signed Will Smith to a five-year deal last year and essentially that you're saying that Will Smith's going to be our, our world linebacker, I think that getting a sub-package linebacker who's essentially – essentially he's going to be brought in in passing situations when – they can utilize his versatility in, in pass coverage. I've heard that the one area he does excel from the little bit of highlights, film thingies that I've seen, and just various reading various articles or whatever, that he's essentially has a versatility to cover, you know, slot receivers, running backs, tight ends, you know, that type of thing. So to me, that screams your fourth, fifth, Sixth round, seventh round type of picks. You know, if if to me, if you're saying that somebody's, uh, I mean, just to give somebody a little bit of perspective, Frank Gore was the third round pick. Now, Frank Gore had more of a career than a better career than people anticipated. But just to give somebody a little bit of, uh, you know, to me, a third round, Joe Montana was a third round pick. So they like I mean, I don't see this as a Navarro Bowman was a third round pick. So like I don't see this as the foundation. You know, they said that they were looking to come out of this draft with cornerstones, people that they said that they could feel could be a part of this organization for a long time. Except maybe uh, I want to um, Catavius Street except for maybe him who tore his ACL and Mike McGlinchey. I don't, I, I come out of this draft and I don't point to anybody who I believe that as of right now, this second, I could tell you there's going to be a Niner for the next five to 10 years. Yeah, I don't know if that, I'm being too harsh on them or. That's, you know, and it, it, that, and that's the way, that's the way I saw it. Um, that Contavious street, you're right on the Contavious street. I, that, that to me, I thought yeah. was their best value pick. I, I think yeah. that was the most valuable pick that they made. Cause that's a guy who got overshadowed by having Bradley Chubb on the other side so of him. Um, exactly. So at, when everybody watched tape, they were watching Bradley Chubb. They weren't watching, you know, Kentavious Street, and like you said, he he, he had an in, he you know, he had an injury, but before he got injured, him and Bradley Chubb were beasts on on opposite sides of each other. So if if they can get him back to that level and get a, another guy on the other side of him where he can work one on one and not get double teamed, then you've got you've got a good player there. I think Kentavious Street will be. Again, he's got to bounce back from the injury, but if he gets back to the level he was at, I think he can be he can be a the beast player that they got in this draft. And again, that that's including Mike McGlinchey. To finish off the Mike McGlinchey, if I think if they make him if they keep him as a right tackle, I think he can be a very very good right tackle in this league. If they try to make him a left tackle, I don't see him as a left tackle. I think he will get – he's just – he doesn't have the foot speed to 
get that pat, get that take that one on one speed pass yeah, rusher. Best pass rusher. If he's uh, if he's on the right side and he's able to work off a double team and work off a tight end, that that's going to be his 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 go to thing and and he's going to be a mauler in the run game. So that's that's what you're going to get out of McGlinchey. So to wrap up all the I love the Contavious so, Street pick. Yeah, but yeah, to wrap up on the Mike McGlinchey thing is I I agree with you. I think that um. I don't think – I think he benefited from having Quilton Nelson next to him at Notre Dame. Uh, now, that's not to say that you're not going to get a, a solid, you know, guard, you know, defending him. But I think that he's going to be the type of player that – I. This is basically say what I said earlier, not to sound redundant, but nobody's nobody's complaining that we took Joe Staley with the twentieth, you know, twenty eighth pick, first round pick, you know, and I remember people bitching about that and why would you take a tackle and all that. Well, hey, all he did was you know keep Alex Smith and you know Kaepernick and the various other Niner quarterbacks we've had alive, but. Contavious Street, I think would, – would you play him inside or outside? So in our, our, our defense, which is basically the same defense as Seattle, where, where do you see Contavious Street fitting best? Again, it's, it's going to depend on where he, come, where he comes back from that. If, he come, if he's at full strength, he's an outside. You, put a, you line him up on the outside, and you just let him rush so the pass. headed to Forrest Bunker? Pretty much, yeah. I, I mean, you, you've got him as I, I call I call it a wing I call it a, a wing end where he's just pretty much outside where he's lining up outside the tackle or the tight or the tight end whoever's on his side, and he's just okay. strictly rushing the passer, holding the outside, holding the outside, and forcing everything back inside. That's where okay. I think he's going to be. That's where I think he's going to be best. They might try to move him to. I, I, I'm trying to think, you know, I do, I call things a lot differently, but they, they call them a seven technique where you're inside, where you're inside and you're taking care of the gaps. I don't yeah. think that's, that. I don't think that's using, I think he could do that, but that's not utilizing his talent the best way. His best way is flying off the edge and forcing everything back inside. I, I think that what John Lynch envisioned with this pick is that I think because the thing that's been pumped up to us is that Solomon, that, you know, I'm of the camp that I don't think Solomon Thomas is a, I, I think that he's going to always be, throughout his career, he's going to be a victim of being taken with the third overall pick. And I don't think he was necessarily the type of talent you take with the third round pick. That I, I don't think he'll ever live up to those expectations. Because I don't believe he's a 12, a 12 to 15 sack a year guy. So, but I, I ideally think that what the Niners would love to see is that you would have Solomon Thomas on what we call the big end, which is, um, which is essentially, uh, I believe, would be a seven technique. 
And then that's your, yeah, that's I was the thinking, technique. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking that maybe putting Katavia Street, uh, strictly passing situations, pass rush situations, is putting him just just what we call the Leo, which is basically essentially your Charles Haley, pin your ears back and get off to the quarterback position. But inside that's, we that's, have you know absolutely where I would I'm sorry, go ahead. And that that's absolutely that that's where I think his best asset. That's mm-hmm. where I think his best asset is getting is his ability to get up the field and force that play back inside. He's not he's not gonna be that guy that eats up a double team block or you know, is able to split double teams really well. That's why you want to line him one one on one, let him go to the outside, and, and maybe maybe have to get chipped by a running back or whatever. But he's going to suck up blocks that way better than if he's if he's inside, he's going to get just washed down. That that's that's what I've seen out of him is when he tries to duck inside, he just gets washed down by 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 lesser lesser talented tackles than they have in the NFL and. You could see that on tape. You could see that on tape when you watch him. Even when he was healthy, you could see that he just gets washed down when he tries to duck inside. But when he's outside and one on one with a guy, that that's where his talent is, and and that's that's the best spot for him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that um, that to, and to me, it's a little position overkill. And what I mean by position overkill is that um, we, of course, have DeForest Buckner who who plays inside. They put Solomon Thomas at the as a big end and then switch him inside on, on pass rushing situations. So if you're trying to put Catavia Street inside, I mean, you know, edge rusher wasn't a drafted in the uh, addressed in the draft. I was actually surprised. Um, you know, I think I, I like Cassius Marsh. I like, I think over Eric Armstead is, I'm sorry. I, I just, I think he's just one of them. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to get into my Eric Armstead rants, but um, it's just to me, it was a little position overkill. While we still have you, on this, this 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 right here is an undrafted free agent, which surprised him and, and some some people, but everybody knows his his name, Travis uh, McFadden from Florida State. I think the Niners may have got themselves a little a, a player here. That's not a bad that's not a bad pickup. Again, as a free agent, you got you got, I mean, you got him to. The only question is, he's not. The Forty ers don't really have a role for him. Um, you know, if you're gonna have him as a as a corner, he he, he can play he can play corner a little bit. Um, where his game was, it was punt returns. Yeah. Again, he's he's a returning he's a return guy. You know, you already have you already, we we talked about this already. You already drafted a return guy. So yeah. bringing Fadden, I mean, bringing him in as a as a free agent is not 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 a death blow because 
if he makes the team, that means he did well. If he doesn't, yeah. so be it. He's got a job but to create it. You also got, um, you, you know, you also took DJ Reed with the fifth round pick. So you, I was going to give him that. The fifth round, you either wasted the fifth round pick on DJ Reed, or you got, or you wasted, you know, Dante Pettis as, as your returner. That that's where McFadden's going to go. McFadden's going to be. I don't think he can line up on the outside. He's going to be a slot package guy, and that's what you get when you bring in guys. But as far as a as, as far as a play, that's a, that's as far as I think he can go. He can be a a nickel corner, a slot corner, but he's not going to line up one on one and be your shutdown guy and be like, all right, we'll leave him over there and worry about the rest of the the field. That, that that's going to be disastrous because he does it a lot. Yeah. If you watch his film, and I, I watched a lot of Florida State games before they I, – I mean, when you watch Florida State tape, you can't really go by last year. Last year was a disaster for Florida State all, all around, every, every position, oh. even, even, guys like James, even guys like Derwin James, who you knew had absolute talent, just had absolutely bad years, and it was just a bad year for Florida State. But if you go back two years ago, fan, he, I loved it. he does a lot of he does a lot of trail coverage, and he tries to make up for a lot of, of speed. You can't do that in the NFL. You're going to get burned badly if you're in trail coverage a lot of the time. So that's something he's got to work on. He's got to work on a lot a lot of hands. He he doesn't he doesn't get his hands on guys. And in college, you can put your hands on people down the field. You can't do that in the NFL, so he's got to he's work on staying with guys and not being in trail coverage. Because if he's trailing, that means either somebody's got to come over and help him, which opens the defense, or he's just burnt, and that's that's going to be that's going to be six, the you know, over the top of him. I think with a little bit of, of tutelage and everything like that, I think that this could be a little Adrian Colbert story. Uh, I liked it. I was also going to get your opinion on DJ Reed since you brought him up. Uh, fifth round, I believe. I have it written down right here. Yeah, fifth yeah, round from Kansas State. I mean, to me, what it basically essentially is what I, I uh, what it sounds like to me from what I've studied and, and even watching his interviews and things like that is essentially – He's a a small safety corner, mostly safety, who just has really long arms that that he tries to use that to make up for his height. Essentially, that sound about right. That, that yeah, I mean at, at five at five you're looking at at five nine. He's he's not he's not a long corner, but I mean you're looking at you're looking at a guy who. At five nine, his, his vertical he, he can jump out of the building. Thirty six and a half in the vertical. He, he's a guy that he's a, he's an athletic guy, and he and he's like you said, yeah. he's got he's got thirty one inch arms, uh, wingspan. So you're looking at a guy who makes up for and his hands maybe, too, really big hands. Yeah, he makes up for a lot of he 
he makes up for a lot of his deficiencies by positioning. And again, if this is when you watch the college film, you can't go by a lot of people make mistakes, especially in, in the defensive backs. They they make they make the mistake of well this guy made made plays in college batted down balls was there on play. You have to understand the college game. You can hit the you can put your hands on guys as long as the ball's not in the air past that five five yard. You don't you don't have that that five yards and let them go. You can ride the guy as long as the ball's not in the air. So that's that's how a lot of guys make up. In college, they make up for their deficiency. They make up for their speed by putting their hands on guys. In the NFL, if you put your hands on a guy five y- past the five yards, we all we all see it every week. You know, illegal yeah. touching, five automatic first down. So you, you've really got to look for guys who can play positionally, play with it, and playing with your hands is big within that five yard window. But after, can they recover? Can they? Do they? play with that positional awareness and that's something DJ Reed is going to have to work on because he does a lot of hands. He's a he's a big hands guy and you you got to unteach that at the NFL level. I mean I I think that that John Lynch I mean I, Let's 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 be honest with these drafts. There's a lot of it you're asking. Not to say that I'm old at 32, but you're asking, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23 year old kids. Can you mature, become a man, and you know, play with grown men, you know, who have been doing this since some of them since you were a little kid, you know. And so a lot of this is a crapshoot. There's a lot of things that come. There's a lot of variables that come into play. But um, to me, I think the overall – if they – to me, I have a problem with the word cornerstones. When they came out and said cornerstones, I I just don't see it. But do I see some players that you could say are going to play a role on this team? Going forward, did we fill some possible holes? Did we did we create competition? Sure, I think that. You know, could uh, is Dante Pettis going to beat out Trent Taylor for the return job? I think so. I think that if Trent Taylor still keeps that job as 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 a, as a great job he did last year, I, I think that we got some issues if. If you know Trent Taylor beats out our, our second round pick for the job that we both essentially agree he was drafted for, um, so essentially, what would you, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let you save your other grades including the grades for the our NFC West opponents to, to get people to go ahead and check those out at your first, um, Facebook. What did you grade the Niners draft? The Niners? I, I gave the Niners a B. I think and again, I, I grade that on, again, I use the grade on, did you use those first three? And 
I, I don't I again I didn't take points off for the um for the McGlinchey pick because I understood the tackle. I just would have liked to see it a little bit later, but I don't I don't question the pick. But yeah, no. the question I have and we discussed it was the Dante Pettis pick. That was the big question mark to me. And because there were other people on the board that I would have taken there to give me the same amount, that's why I give them a B. I think B, low B, high C is about what I would give them. And then I'm giving them some credit because the bar was set so low by Trent Bulky is that, you know, and I think essentially what we're finding out and what John Lynch is going to be graded on is that, let's not be real, John Lynch is the man who makes the picks, and he, he's our general manager, but he was really mostly relying on his scouts. I think John Lynch essentially trusted scouts, and so I would say a B to C is fine. Did we get faster? Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that I seem to notice with this Niner draft is, is we got some speed. I mean, I think it was Tavarius Moore, I believe. Somebody ran – a four three two at their pro day. Had had to be more. Had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say it had to be more. Yeah, Traverius more. It was Traverius more. I mean that's that's insanely fast. And like that's ridiculously fast. Even Richie James, to me. Watching his forty, I watched his um his obviously his best forty time, and even him, it seemed like he had a little bit of go up in his step, a little gallop. So again, again, it 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 goes back to your whole philosophy of the draft, and you can get uh, caught up in speed. You can get caught up in, in in speed and forty times. It's does that translate? to what you see on the field. And yeah, especially yeah. for a guy like, like Tavares Moore that we're talking about, you know, you watch the film, he doesn't play that fast. He doesn't play as fast as that 4-3 speed. You know, you watch it. If you have a 4-3, if you have 4-3 speed as a safety, you should be flying around the field. You don't see that out of him. And so then you have to go back and look at the tape and see, all right, is he using that speed? Is he just mm-hmm. coasting? Is he using de- is it his decision making? That's that's where you, that's where the scouting comes in, and and that that's where that's where speed can can trick you sometimes because sometimes you could say, no, that guy flies, that guy's flying around the field, and then you see a guy, you, you see him run a forty, and they're like, well, he didn't run. He didn't run that fast. You go back yeah. and watch a tape flying around killing people, and you're like, well, it's because he's making decisions that much quicker. And then quicker. you see exactly. a guy run a full three, and he struggles to get, to get to the ball. He struggles to make plays on the ball. 
And you say, why is that? It's because of the str- it's because of the decision making, and yeah, that's, he's thinking, um, you know that that's the important part of scouting, especially when we look at forty times, because that that's one of the most trumped up things. They play it every year at the draft. They say, oh, we're gonna do the forties. We're gonna watch. Forties don't matter. Forties matter it, it, when you watch a guy run. What I look for in the forty is I look for how fast do they get out of their break, and how fast how fast are they at the end? That, that that's pretty much it. How fast do they get to their top speed? That's what I'm looking for in the forty. Is how quick are you? Because that's what you need. You don't need to run for you never need to run forty yards in the NFL. No. So, but um, yeah, I, 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 that's what I think about the 49ers. You want to you want to get to your your NFC West team. Just be thankful you're not the Seattle Seahawks. I I think the Seahawks had the most disastrous of all the drafts. And I'm I'm a I'm a fan of a lot of you know. Uh, there's a couple Niners Seahawks um, Facebook groups I'm a part of and everything like that. And they want to they want to walk around and act like. You know, it's just going to be the same old division, and they're going to walk in, and they're going to win. I think Seattle, I think Seattle, they're slowly starting to fall apart. They're not having such a dramatic fall off as we did. You know, it pretty much happened in one off season. You know, slowly but surely, you're seeing it. You know, deteriorate. And to me, you can with the reason that made 2014 so, or well, the off season of 2014, 2015, however you want to look at it so disastrous was not the fact that Patrick Willis retired or not that Justin Smith retired or Anthony Davis retired or Micah Potty left or various other things. It was we didn't replace them because players leave all the time. You don't think the New England Patriots, I guarantee you, I guarantee you people would struggle to name one Patriot that's been on their, all their Super Bowl teams besides Tom Brady. Players leave all the time. So, to me, what what I would be worried about if I was a Seattle Seahawks was would be we didn't get better through the draft. I didn't feel that they got any better. I I feel like I feel like Seattle took guys that they they just took guys that they they were looking at. They didn't take what was happening on the board. I mean. I, I can go through Seattle. I mean, Rashad Penny in the first round is the same. I have the same criticism of that pick as I do of the Dante Pettis pick. They basically got a guy who's a returner. They didn't get an every down running back. They got a specialist who can do, who is a great returner and can be, and I'm sure you guys out there are more aware of him being a San Diego state guy. Yeah, he did well. Uh, you know, his one game that he did really well happened to be against Stanford. So that busted him up. But he, otherwise, you watch him, he's not an every down, he's not going to be an every down NFL back. He's going to be a package guy, maybe a little bit in the passing game, maybe a third down, but he'll be a change of pace guy and a returner. And they drafted him in the first round. So I think they woefully went out of their way there. 
Then they, they did the sentimental pick of taking Shaquem Griffin. Uh, again, Shaquem Griffin, great story. Guy's got one arm, got, got one hand, and – you know, yeah. was defensive player, defensive player of the year in his conference, MVP of his bowl game, great story. But in the NFL, where did, where is he going to fit on the field? He's not. He's he's going to be a situational pass rusher. And so, yeah, that's that's their two big picks that they got. And that to me says they very really in what they were doing. You know, you want to uh, – see, the, the, the issue I have with Seattle, or I shouldn't say the issue. I love it. But, uh, you know, it, it makes me happy when I'm when my skies are gray. But uh, if I'm a Seacock fan, the way I'm looking at this is, is that when Pete Carroll came in, I, re- I, I remember they were just signing everybody in their mind. If you played football and, you know, you were available, the Seattle Seahawks took a look at you. And they found, you know, diamonds in the rough. They found some players and, you know, they built their little, their, uh, you know, team. I don't, I don't want to say dynasty because they weren't a dynasty. But, um, and now, to me, you, you're trying to see – Almost, they're they're drafting like they're the Patriots, and like when I say they're the Patriots, the Patriots can try little things. The Patriots can um, try little things. But um, before I just realized we got like a minute left. Um, before <laughs> we get out, every uh, let you get out of here, Chris. I remember right. last time we had you on the show, you gave a website where we could watch film. If you could kick the that what that yep. website and then go ahead and shoot everybody your Facebook info before we so let you get about it. The the best the best one I've seen to watch film it, it go the best way to get there is go into Google Google and type draft stars one word because I, I don't it's not draftstars.com it's draft stars dot something and I don't have I don't have it right now but I know it, it's called draft stars go look at it it's it's a great way to watch prospects because not only do they give you just that prospect but they give you just the plays that guy's involved in so you don't have to fast forward through if you're watching a defensive player you don't have to watch the That's offense awesome. they they just show every play that that guy's involved in and so it's a good it's a good site again just go in google and type draft stars but um yeah check definitely check out our show my show is wednesdays eight o'clock eastern so that's five for you guys uh five to seven for for you guys out there and we basically just talk we talk all sports and we're going to start doing nba playoffs coming this week uh we just got through the draft so we're just kicking the kicking the tires till we get back to football season. But that is my show is Fit Down Sports. And again, look us up on Facebook. Hit us up. That's the easiest way to get to our show. All right, Chris. Thanks for calling in, bro. Really appreciate it. All right. Anytime, man. All right. 
All right, we really want to thank Chris for uh, coming in here. He did us a huge, huge favor. All right, well, before we get out of here, I'd like to remind everybody Radio AFS has packaging. A package is available for as little as $25 a month. Email me at ninerfaithfulradio.gmail.com or message me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that for details. Thank everyone for listening. See you all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Till then, peace, love, and happiness. Go Niners. All right. And you know what? The longer it takes us to figure that out, the better we are. The better we are. Because we just keep working. And we just keep getting better. All right? Day after day. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. All right? But you guys, I'm really freaking proud of you guys. You guys are one hell of a football team. Who's got it better than us? No! North Carolina ain't a damn thing quiet. Bitch, I'm a niner from the earthquake country. I can make the earth shake. About to bring it back like the 89 earthquake. Going past on me, I'ma catch it like Crabtree. Who got the kush? Cause the smoker gotta have tree. And pass the joint, cause the player gotta have mo. I put a blunt down the middle like Frank Go. A quarterback don't bullet like Kaepernick. And take a poodle out the game like Alex Smith. Red and gold, that's the color of the realest. Staying on my toes, call me Patrick Willis. We back up in it. It's my team winning. I'm the comeback kid, all I need is one minute We winning like the 80s, it's a Super Bowl city Fit and take another ring home, Super Bowl city Ain't nobody fucking with us I got red and gold in my cup Wild West got the game turned up Who got it better than us? Faithful with God's honor. Throwing TD, no pick. Break for 85 yards if he opted hella quick. New stadium, new ring, same team. Hard since keys are 49ers. We are hating on the city, but they can't hold Quinn. I fuck with court crap free and both win. Breaking records like we throwing vinyls. Daily Davis, you party the whole line go. That the Bartolo name is Super Bowl affiliated. Bowman and Willis, it's your friend and you gon' really hate it. We elated, not a fan. It's a fine man. Do it like the 80s and move right by the Rams. Crush the Seahawks, real life, no weak talk. Go hard on the Cardinals, never take a week off. Ain't nobody fucking with us. I got red and gold in my cup. The Wild West got the game turned up. Who got it better than us? What you heard, I'm a baby from the 80s I was born on the turf, I go back like Garrison Hurst and be young Diamonds on my fingers, so just call me Steve Young Like Justin Smith, I go hard on the defense line Let a hater hate, I'm still gon' rip my Here come the kickoff, bet I'm gon' run it all the way home Yeah, I'm gon' red and gold, bloody come and get it if you want it Yeah, we gon' set it off, do you like Whitner and rip your damn helmet off I'm lucky number seven, cause your boy deliver Throwing bombs from the bay over the Mississippi River They ain't messing with us, from the subs to the projects Scott Steiner, kiss your bicep, uh, soon as we touch down, we gon' burst out, run through them like Gore, going for the first down. Ain't nobody fucking with us, I got red and gold in my cup, the Wild West got the game turned up, who got it better than us?